971 FM Talk Podcast. I know that it's not actually like this, but it seems as if Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, does bouts of press secretarying. That she's not there for a long time, and then all of a sudden she's doing tons of press. I know that that's not actually the case, but it's as if, maybe it's the news cycle, that you don't see her much when there's not much going on, but when she's pushing back hard or she says something weird or dumb, uh, that's when you see more of it. Maybe that's what's going on right now. Because I feel like I've seen Corinne Jean-Pierre in the news a whole bunch this week. Here's the best clip. You know what? Let's just pause. I'm going to make this the tale from the dark side this week. There is, unseen by most, an underworld. A place that is just as real, but not as brightly lit. A dark side. He has tools that he's used to to make sure that we do this. We actually deal with the immigration system in a humane way, uh, and in a in a way that is uh, uh, that actually deals with what we're seeing at the border. And that's why you've seen the parolee program be so successful. Uh, it has it has um, it has uh, uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than ninety percent. And that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. Oh, so why am I playing that as part of the uh, Tales from the Dark Side for this week? Well, first of all, it's eloquent as usual from her. But second, the substance of what she's talking about is, look, regardless of administration, let's say this were Kaylee McEnany doing this for President Trump. All of them spin everything as positive as they can. That's part of their job. I get that. But this is a program that she has then put... I think one of the reasons she can't actually talk about these things well is because she knows she's spinning so hard that it's hard for her to actually speak about it. She's got to be so careful with what she says that she can't just openly say what it is. She has to spin, spin, spin. And so she's constantly kind of stumbling through it. That's my hypothesis. Because what she's talking about there is this parolee program, which is spelled parole. I'm not sure why they call it parolee. But it is a new classification that they're adding to the immigration system. The reason that they're doing that, and the reason it's this week's Tales from the Dark Side, is that it's all spin. So they haven't solved anything at the border. As you know, we have the worst illegal immigration numbers in American history, and not just Mexico anymore. It's happening from Canada now, too. But you talk about people coming up from Latin America, mostly very, very poor people who are looking for a better life. I don't ever blame them for that. If I was super poor and I was in a terrible area, I would be doing everything I could to get here or wherever, somewhere else that was better. Never blame them. But you have to have a system for these things because what it causes is drug cartels to run everything. And it causes sex trafficking and child sex trafficking. And it causes, you know, fentanyl and all these drugs just pour into our border. Everything you can think of that's bad that comes along with not having a border has been just exponentially exasperated under Joe Biden because he's not enforcing anything. So again, what is this parolee system? <clears throat> well, it's their attempt to control the narrative. It's 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 literally not changing a thing in the way they're doing anything, just the way they're classifying it. 
Because now, instead of saying, oh, we have uh, 300% higher illegal immigration than we did a couple years ago, they can say, actually, 90%, she actually says this in this clip, it's 90% lower than it was because this president's policies works, is what she says. It's 90% lower because the same amount of people are coming in as have been in the last couple of years. They're just classifying them as these parolees now. It's, it's part of the asylum thing. I mean, who, who cares really what exactly it is? Because it's, it's all just spin the dial so that we can say different words. So what's going to happen now is they're going to constantly say, well, refer to the numbers, refer to the numbers. Well, they're going to do that because they've now manipulated the numbers to where the same amount of illegal immigrants aren't classified as illegal immigrants. They're classified as parolees or whatever word they just made up. So you're going to see media talking points. You're going to see the administration talking about how they fix this. And they will cite, and you will see graphs if you're on social media, that cite, look how well the president's policies have done. Just as Title IX or Title 42 is ending, uh, and lots and lots of illegal immigrants are waiting to get in. It's actually going to get worse uh, by the time, eh, probably the end of this month, you're going to see a tremendous rise even from current high levels of illegal immigration because of Title 42 ending. That's why they're trying to get ahead of this thing and just, instead of actually solving a problem, just change the words. That's why it's this week's tale from the dark side. I think that deserves the kind of derision that we're giving it because it is so piss poor to be doing this kind of stuff because you're talking about people's lives. Like I said at the beginning of this, I, I, don't, I don't fault people who are trying to come to this country or leave bad situations, whether they be in this country or elsewhere. Getting out of a bad situation is very natural. I don't love that they're breaking laws to do it, but when your administration, when your country is not really upholding any laws, are you really breaking laws? Because what is a law other than what's enforced? So I don't blame those people. I do blame our administration for pretending to care about those people. And I hate bringing up AOC, too, because she's such a poster child for hypocrisy. But it's so on display here. She went down to the border. These are the same people who cried, and they said, kids in cages under Trump. And they have done literally effing nothing under this administration because they don't actually care. I'm, I'm mad. They don't care about people. They don't care about people. Otherwise, they would be doing something now. They care about politics, and they care about the way that it's presented. They just care about getting Trump or whichever Republican at the time would be in office out. So they and their media cohorts and friends all paint these things as awful as they can under Trump and then as well as they can under a Democrat president. And guess what? You will hear about this. Let's say Trump wins in 2024 or DeSantis or whoever. <clears throat> you will hear about the time that Joe Biden solved immigration. Yeah, it was bad at the beginning of his term, but it got better once they added this parolee program. You will hear that because most people will not know what it means enough to combat it with the facts. But here you are. I'm just giving you that nugget so that you can hang on to it because for the next who, who knows many years, again, if it is a Republican in office, they're going to say, yeah, Joe Biden actually did solve this in 2023. Remember here, look at the graph, look at the numbers. Just know that it's all bunk. It's this week's tale from the dark side. Let's take a quick break. We're going to have old Roy and Trisha 
coming back in the studio in this hour, so stick around. It's that time of the week. It's time for Serious Questions. Trisha is here. Hey. O'Roy has already been here. Don't care about that introduction as much. Uh, that means that Roy can go first. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Yep. Here we go. King Charles, or Charles, he has the has Formerly the Charles. Now King Charles. It's, so think, it's happened, it's right? happened. It's got it. It's had to have happened, right? We're going to look like idiots if if it didn't. But they've been talking about it for so long. I'd have to think that it happened. Well, I'll just I'll just follow it as it's written. Charles is king of fifteen countries, but for how much longer? Is that your question? That's that's the headline. (laughs) Wait, but the headline says he is king, so we know that he's king. (laughs) Yeah, why would it says that he's (laughs) the answer to our first question? That's the point of the article, in fact. Well, <laughs> is that he is a king? This is terribly <laughs> distressing because it, for in you, so many know. ways we just don't no, know. We, I know we do. <laughs> we really do, and it's right there in front of you. Well, so it's it's very little information, which is why I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the countries to which Charles is a monarch are debating whether or not to move to a republic type system. So, serious question. Is it time for the monarchy to sort of go quietly into the night? Serious question. Ooh, you go first. Great question, and a lot deeper than the presentation oh. would have suggested. I agree. Hmm. Yeah, a little bit of a curveball there, Roy. Yep. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't feel... I I wouldn't want to live under a monarchy just because America is free and it's... It's what I know and where I thrive. I don't think that I'm the right person to answer that. I am going to reverse it and say it's not It's not only time for them to stay where they're at, but if they choose to go to a republic, then I think our republic should go to a monarchy. Well, I'm glad you say that because the underlying question of my serious question was <laughs> elections are shot. They're done because they're there's so, so much. Have a king? I was thinking of running for king. You know what's crazy? All right, I could get behind that. Now, I don't know whether this is you. I'll leave this because it's a blank slate. I'm just going to tell you. Here's what I had in mind for a king. You tell me if you fit this. Okay. Jolly kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't care about a whole lot. Big, fat kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But just loves people. Mm-hmm. Would you Would you run on that platform? I could do that. I think you, you could get there. Yeah. I mean, you're you're not big, fat. <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah, Wait, I, mean, I was. I'm nodding along like I'm following this, and yeah. I don't have any I've idea what we're talking about anymore. Like, oh, Trisha's on board with this. Yeah, I can get always it. gain more oh. weight, so it's possible I could grow into that. Reach for the stars. Yeah, I'll something work on to it. aspire to. Okay. Yeah. First, we have to change our system of government. Yeah. Then you have to start eating a lot more. I can start now. Go I ahead. I don't have a problem with that. Okay. It's probably a good idea. Okay. Just yeah. get ready. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. coming. Just just in case. It's like it's like a runner getting ready for a marathon, mm-hmm. except the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And you it's know, like the carb load part of it. Right. Just yeah, all it's just the not time. the running part. Yeah. You know that Roy is French for king anyway, so just just I throw that out there. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all we all knew that. Oh. Okay. <laughs> did they call <laughs> on board? Like did they call King Louis Roy Louis? Yeah, I think he just went by Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Top that. 
cannot. Your turn. All right. Woman charged for selling box of stolen body parts. Arkansas woman is facing charges for allegedly stealing body parts from medical school cadavers and selling them on Facebook for $11,000. Her name is... Like you do. Obviously. Her name is Candace Scott. She is accused of selling 20 boxes of everything from human skin to skulls to a man in Pennsylvania. She worked for a company that offered commercial cremation services. Over a nine-month period, she sold everything from ears to livers to kidneys to hands to a whole human head to this Who, man. Who's the buyer here? <laughs> Serious question. In exchange, uh, the man from Pennsylvania, who was not mentioned in this piece. You had to look this up. Yeah, his anonymity, I guess, is important. Uh, we want to protect him while this woman takes the fall for it, I assume. Uh, he only he did get a deal. He only spent $10,975 in separate PayPal transfers. And each time uh, Candace Scott would get the pieces of body parts from the cadavers, if this guy didn't want to buy them, she'd then return them to the medical school. So she had a... Like, oh, she had a system. A grab-it-all, package yeah. it up, send, then return it, almost like a recycled human yeah, body part nice. system. Yeah, it's responsible. Yeah, absolutely. Serious question. Serious question. How did no one notice these body parts were missing? Huh, I, I would have to say twenty boxes. That's a lot of that's a lot of human. But I, you know, it's a lot stuff, of humans. This stuff's been going on for ages. I'm sure what happens to bodies is something that I'm not sure anybody really wants to know all about. Skulls, they skulls, were gone. hands, organs, skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's tons of derma crime. There are words mm-hmm. in here that I'm not even going to say on this show. She sold everything. Wieners. Can you say wieners, though? I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say butts, but I'm not she saying the other butts. words. She sold butts. Oh, that's cool. I'd she sold everything. Eh, depends. Pork butt. Yeah. Anyway, we don't think it's weird that nobody noticed the stuff missing? I think that you're kind of alone here. Me and Roy are on the same page. That yeah. That's not weird at all. It doesn't, doesn't surprise me. Yeah. People don't really keep track of stuff. Yeah, that's. But I think that's true. Think about, Fair think point. About, Have you ever seen Roy's garage? Yeah. I haven't, yeah, actually. Oh, boy. Yeah, cool. Who knows what's in there? Mm-hmm. Body parts? Could butts? Be, could be butts. <laughs> Boxes of butts. <laughs> Just butts for days. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I would like to buy that's a body part mm-hmm. is somebody's finger mm-hmm. who you have to scan to get into uh, high clearance buildings. Ooh, love that. that be fun? Yes. Yeah, love that. Just walking around. Mm. Or like an eye in a box, you know, like in a glass box with an eye for the optical sensor. Yeah, that'd be fun, too. I would think that eyes would rot quickly, though. Maybe unless the box preserved it. Put it it. in some goo or something. Yeah. Well, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It would be smart to have both, actually. An eye and a finger. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you had, because you'd need three things, finger, eye, goo. You can't just have eye. Well, this lady, hopefully you can get some discounts on the recycled parts Well, she was taking back. Yeah. So business opportunity, goo. I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm still pretty curious. I want to hear the, that commercial. I'm still, <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. All right. Challenge accepted. We'll see. Um, I, I do want to know more about the buyer. That's my, that's my yeah. big question mm-hmm. about that story. Yeah. All right. My turn. Content creator Ryan Lewin may have started his career working in kitchens, but these days the food he's making isn't always for eating. According to CW33, I think that's a news station, mm-hmm. CW33. Obviously, yeah. Lewin 
has become known for his pancake art, where he uses pancake batter, food coloring, and his imagination to create images. Aww. As seen on his social media pages, his art features images of famous characters, celebrities, athletes, and more. While pancake art has been seen before, what makes Lewin different is that the the others the, from the others is that how fast he's able to create his artwork. Videos show him creating detailed images with just a flip of the spatula. Now, Lewin can officially join the long list of impressive artists from Dallas Fort Worth. That's a that's a big pool of impressive artists. Yeah, in the Dallas Fort Worth yeah. area, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of sarcasm in your voice. Serious question. Serious question. The hell is you so good at? <laughs> <laughs> I'll jump on that because I'm not impressed by this guy. I was making quote unquote Mickey Mouse pancakes for my kids. That's a character. A long time mm-hmm. ago. Sure. Did yeah. you put the chocolate chips as the eyes? Mm-hmm. Yep. Whipped they, cream smile. Ooh. Two little ears on top. Yes. Pre Troy. They didn't put you in the Dallas Fort Worth Hall of Fame artist. Right. And Trisha, I'm I'm garbage. You're so good at. I'm trash. I'm terrible at everything. (laughs) I'm good at uh, figuring out when a song was made. Oh, is that your superpower? Yeah, Yeah, you could play a song. I'd be like, that's probably 1972. Mm. Pretty good at that. Really? Yeah. Wow, Kim Gardner resigning, huh? Who would have thought? I definitely did not. But everybody else is saying, well, of course, this is what was going to happen. This is one that apparently is outside the realm of normal politics. Because when I go to places like my kids' sports practices and games, church barbecues, stuff like that, and people are talking about it, you know it's cracked the facade of normal political discussion. That's how deeply dissatisfied everybody has been with what St. Louis has become. Now, in this break... I did want to mention, because I've teased it a little bit, that I, I think that I have the the likely outcome of the debt ceiling talks. So as you know, Kevin McCarthy was able to cobble together not quite his entire coalition of Republicans, but most of them, enough to pass a debt ceiling increase, which is not necessarily a good thing. It's just that they are playing hardball. They're playing politics. This is what you do. They pass a debt ceiling increase, but with restrictions on a lot of spending, and especially some of the newer spending, things like 87,000 IRS agents, things like the Green New Deal, which was called the Inflation Reduction Act. That kind of stuff is worthless spending, and cutting it out will help. And in fact, the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, supposed to be nonpartisan, they actually looked at this plan that the Republicans passed for the debt ceiling. And they said, over the next 10 years, this will reduce the national debt by about $4.5 trillion. We're at 31 or $32 trillion, So that's not a huge dent. And it's over 10 years. But that actually is probably how you'd start to climb out of that debt is you do it slowly. You're not going to peel off the band. You're not going to yank it off. It's just not going to happen. So peeling it off is at least trying. It won't pass this way. It'd be great if you can even get a debt ceiling increase that would decrease the amount of debt by $1 trillion over the next 10 years. My guess is that we'd be lucky to even get that. 
But as I said before, here's how this thing is going to play out. The Republicans, meaning the House itself, Republicans in the House, have passed this debt ceiling increase. Now they send it to the Senate. Well, the Senate really isn't doing anything about it. They're kind of kicking it around. But you got senators in the middle that are kind of like Joe Manchin saying that he doesn't, he, he would be willing, but there'd be some changes. So they're kind of, they'll go in circles and maybe something will come out of the Senate that looks, I don't know, like a mirror version of the House version. But ultimately, Joe Biden has to step in at some point and be a part of this. He's not. And it's all about narrative. I mean, these things really are just narrative spinning. <clears throat> Excuse me, narrative spinning. Because you, you get Corinne Jean-Pierre out there talking about the debt ceiling. You get <clears throat> your House Speaker out there. You get the senators out there all giving their different takes on it. And then eventually it kind of comes to the middle. But with this one in particular, if you found that middle ground, which is how these things always end up having to happen, is you find some sort of middle ground or Democrats, because they control so much of the messaging, they're able to lead on it and get almost nothing. Republicans basically make all the concessions and Democrats make very, very few. And then they just raise it and they just keep going. Well, that's not going to happen this time. Do you know why? Because the House majority for Republicans is so slim that those same Republicans that wouldn't vote for Kevin McCarthy for Speaker in round 15, those Republicans, and let's say there's 10 of them, there's probably more like 18 of them, but even if it's just 10, if they hold out, even if it's just six, if those people hold out, and there are definitely enough to do that, there will be no compromise. Those people are not compromising. So how does this thing get through then? Either a Republican version of this thing that's very close to what they've passed is going to be the only thing that can pass because of those hardline, steel-backboned Republicans that are in the House, or you're going to have to have Democrats in the House joining Republicans in the House. And that, my friends, is more likely than getting the steely Republicans on board because they ain't going to move. In fact, they ran on, we will not move. We will not compromise with stupid things like this because the nation is going to go broke if we do. Good for them. However, the business will continue. And my guess is what you're going to see is you're going to see a coalition of Senate and and Democrat Republicans, (laughs) Senate and Democrat, Senate Republicans and Senate Democrats come together on something. And then Senate Republicans, I'm sorry, (laughs) House Republicans and House Democrats come together on something that's so bipartisan that it forces President Biden to really lose the message war and have to sign it. There's my prediction. Not well worded, apparently, but there it is. Mark it. See if it happens. That's my guess. We'll be right back with more Wiggins America. Old Roy back in the studio here. Uh, This is actually, you know, when you walked in the last time, completely cold. I said, what do you think of the U.S. system banking collapse or whatever? And you're like, well, and then we did 10 minutes on it, and I didn't expect that. I was just kind of breaking the ice with you. Well, that's the way it goes. Here's what I actually wanted to talk about with you. Okay, this is going to be good. Experts believe aliens could be contacting Earth in the near future. Yep, here we go. I love the word experts in that headline. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
We've all been sitting around waiting for the alien invasion for how long now? Millennia? I'm just reading the story. Okay. No shoot the messenger. Well, according to some experts, we may not have to wait that much longer. According to a recent analysis from the Institute of Physics, which mm. sounds real. I mean, I don't know anything about this, but the yep. Institute of Physics, somebody came up and they showed me a card that said, I'm from the Institute of Physics. I'd say, well, you're an expert. If it's an institute, it's real. Right. Yeah. And physics, yeah. you can't, I mean, those are just laws. Right. Uh, institute of Physics of Deep Space Radio Waves analysis, humans may come into contact with aliens as soon as 2029 based on radio waves. Yeah. In space, right. research for research, researchers from the University of California's Berkeley and Los Angeles campuses compiled a list of stars and planets that will come into contact with Earth's signals in the next century. Oh, you're starting to see what they're saying now. These are signals we're sending out, not that we're starting to receive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're just finally making their way out there. And deduced that the first message we could get back could come as soon as six years from now. UC Berkeley astronomer and the study's lead researcher, Howard Isaacson, told PopSci.com, obviously, yeah. trusted institution as well, right. this is a famous idea from Carl Sagan, who used it as a plot theme in the movie Contact. However, as with every attempt to contact aliens in the past, we should temper our expectations. Roy? Clearly, this uh, institute of experts did not see the first Star Trek movie. Is that where they? Major? Uh, oh, the the Star Trek the movie, yeah, like the nineteen seventy eight mm -hmm. movie. Okay, because the uh, Voyager that went out, yeah, Voyager. we send back. Uh, we we were just hearing ourselves, and we thought it was. Oh, aliens. that's very true. You know what I read not too long ago that the the original plot for the first Star Trek movie was going to be that they went so far in space that they they found God. But that God was like, I need to test your faith. You need to give me the Enterprise. And Captain Kirk, of course, is like, well, if you're really God, why would God need a spaceship? Mm. And that Bill parts Kirk. of that worked their way into other movies. But the head of, I guess it was CBS at the time that owned, that's um, been Viacom now and everything. But I think it was the head of CBS at the time was a staunch Catholic and he said, you are <laughs> basically being too irreverent toward God. I'm not going to make this movie. Interesting. And so parts of it still kind of like filtered throughout the franchise because that, the, the, the original writers really liked that script that didn't get made. Well, the what was the, the, <laughs> the second iteration of Star Trek series, uh, the Next, Next generation. generation? They had the Q character, mm -hmm. which was... They basically just did that. Not the God, but a God. So you have not watched the new series, have you? Picard? So there's all these new Star Trek series on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, I haven't seen You haven't seen any of them. Mm -mm. I can tell you right now, Discovery, most of them in general, even Picard, it's only good because you knew the characters, mm -hmm. and the more they introduce the old characters, which I'm just starting season three now, which is where apparently season three is basically the next generation continued yeah and the, i mean the other ones were two picard seasons one and two because it's the same character same universe but now it's they really are bringing back all the characters for season three hmm. and so there's a lot of nostalgia but honestly it's just space drama i mean there's there's some sci-fi elements but it's just like a movie where 
all of a sudden some guy can travel in time and he travels back in time to meet his old girlfriend. Oh, and he's got to relive that. The movie's not really about time travel. Right. It's about him and his old girlfriend. Yeah, That's what a lot of <laughs> modern Star Trek and a lot of modern sci-fi is, is they'll use this this sort of plot device that is sci-fi to really tell a different story, yeah. either a drama or of comedy or whatever. And that's what I find a lot of these new Star Treks to be, is that the original ones, they deal with like hard sci-fi concepts. And even Next Generation did to some extent, especially with data and asking what does it mean to be human mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, big question stuff. And the new ones, I mean, especially Discovery, it was just like, and it was super woke. To yeah. to add to it, it was just a complete waste, well, huge we, budget waste. We we have a a minor. Uh, I'm not a huge sci fi fan, but I was a Star Wars. My wife was a Star Trek, mm-hmm. so we had parallel. Uh, yeah, parallelograms. Um, yeah, parallelograms. That's what you were trying to say. But but Star Trek lost me with the Borg. Really? Yeah, that was, that's, I just, and I don't, I can't say exactly why. Hmm. It might be that it was, it was just too, it was not something you could overcome. The whole thing about Star Trek, going back to Kirk, was that he could get out of anything. Mm-hmm. He could always find a way. Even if he had to cheat or trick or do something, he always won. Yeah. And then they, inst- they bring in this Borg thing and there's no way out. I mean, they kind of want it. It's almost like, but, yeah, I mean, we're getting really nerdy here. Yeah. But it's almost like the Borg were so indestructible and and inevitable yeah. that they were going to win. I think that was, wasn't that the catchphrase is something about like, you know, resistance, resistance is futile. Is That's futile, what it is. Yeah. Um, that you almost like the whole series after the introduction of the Borg, which I thought they were a good bad guy because they were so difficult, was like fencing them in. Yeah. It was like they never really could beat them, so they just tried to figure out how to put a, a border around them so that they wouldn't keep growing. Which, yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't dislike the Borg, but I'm with you. The Next Generation was a fun series, but it wasn't... The original series was sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I mean, every episode was, I'm going to take a sci-fi concept and talk about a big human issue with it. And some of those are cultural, and that's fine. It's just that now when they do that... They either don't do anything that's significant because they're, like I said, they're telling different stories with a sci-fi twist, or they they are trying to tell something important, but it's always like hard left propaganda. Yeah. So you're left with stuff that's it's not timeless stories. If you watch the original Star Trek, as campy as it was, or Twilight Zone, that's why I just talk about that series all the time. They're they're timeless stories because they're telling stuff that in any era is true about humanity. Mm-hmm. The further we get away from a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use it, Judeo-Christian ethic. Mm. The further you get away from that, the the less timeless it is, and the more timely where you're dealing with current social issues, and it, it just becomes kind of watered down. I mean, sometimes it can still have an impact and be good, but as far left as Hollywood is, the new Star Treks when they try to do something relevant, you already know what it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be sex issues in some regard right and told through sometimes a different lens and sometimes just straight up like somebody dealing with sex issues like it's not even (laughs) part of the sci-fi anymore right uh anyway i did want to mention just real quick real quick did you see that trump is doing a town hall this week 
I heard about it, yeah. On CNN? Yeah. Is that not going to be must-see TV? It, yes, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, it, we, I, I think we can kind of gauge how it's going to go just because we've seen Trump in those. It's his setting. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting. The aftermath will be even more interesting because yeah, some of that's a little going to be predictable, but it'll be yeah. I mean, you know, the questions will be loaded yeah. against him. Yeah. CNN's going to have everything to do with that. But it's, I mean, this is where this dude shines. And he's talking <laughs> about skipping the the Republican debates, but he's going to go into CNN. Yeah, that's I mean, just so I love Trump. It. Yeah. I I love it, and I can't <laughs> wait for it's Wednesday night. Um, I mean, we're going to be covering it pretty extensively because it's to, if if he does what Trump does well, which is goes out there and just performs, mm-hmm. and not just not just like for the cameras, but tells you what needs to be said, you know, because this is an opportunity for him to really take it to Biden and bring back his own policies and get off the stump about attacking DeSantis for a minute because you're not talking to that audience here. I think he'll know that. Yeah, but he's not talking to Republicans here. He's talking to whoever, and this is a chance for him to really just knock well, it out this, of the park. This will be interesting because <clears throat> I think that the Trump fans will be wanting him to go out and be Trump, but he has an opportunity here to be all of those things that were good about what he brings to the table, but can he control it? Mm-hmm. Can he show that he's matured for well, he's, all of the people who say, oh, well, I like Trump, but I wish he wouldn't tweet. You know, those people yeah. could say, wow, he came out. He was still forceful. He was still, I'm not beholden to anybody, but he was a little more grown up. It'll be interesting to mm-hmm. see if he can do that. I, I think it's set up for him to do that because it's not as if Hillary Clinton's standing to his right or Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. There's no direct enemy for him to stomp. Yeah. Other than maybe CNN itself. Yeah. You know, I mean, he could go after somebody who asks a dumb question or something. I mean, I wouldn't be, I'd be kind of okay with seeing that. It's Trump. Yeah. But he does need to communicate vision. And he, I'll say this, he, last thing, and Obama, Trump and Obama both were really good at inspiring people in very different ways. Mm-hmm. George W. Bush could once in a while get there. Joe Biden's never gotten there. No. And all the loser candidates of the last 20 years, think about them. Mitt Romney. I mean, these are people that could never John Kerry, uh, John McCain. No. They just weren't. I mean, John McCain had an inspiring story, but he wasn't an inspiring personality. Right. And Barack Obama is a little bit more subdued, but he still was inspiring to hear speak. I mean, I give him that. He was very controlled. He read off a teleprompter, but he knew how to do it. Well, he had Hollywood speechwriters. And he had great, yeah, he had great speechwriters yeah. and a controlled environment. Yeah. Trump can do that, but he can do it off the cuff. Yeah. This is his moment to shine. To me, this is possibly the kickoff of the real 2024 campaign and him in the lead. I mean, he's already in the lead. Mm-hmm. But if he hits this, it'll it'll just quake the rest of the field and it'll be clear that he's the guy. Yeah. If he if he's good at it. So we'll see you Wednesday night. Anyway, we got to conclude because that's the end of the show. Oh Roy, uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for being here. Yep. As usual, and we will see you next week. Get the podcast odyssey.com. Get more at 971talk.com.